0: Section 25 of Good Morning, Boys and Girls, by Rev. Thomas J. Hosty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Pole Vaulting Good morning, boys and girls. I suppose you know that almost all universities and colleges, and a good many high schools, have what are known as track teams. A track team is composed of the athletes in the school who take part in the running and jumping games, such as the 100-yard dash, the broad jump, and the high jump. I don't know about you, but I certainly enjoy watching a good track meet. I'd like to be able to watch the Olympic Games some day. In the Olympic Games, runners and jumpers from all over the world compete for the title of champion. Of all the different events at a track meet, I think I enjoy watching the pole vault the best. I suppose it's because it's so thrilling to watch a man go soaring through the air. Just to be sure that all of you understand what the pole vault is, I'd better describe it for you. A narrow bar is hung between two high posts, and the person who does the pole vaulting tries to jump over the bar, with the help of a long stick or pole which he carries. He generally takes a run of about 100 feet or so, in order to get up steam, and then he places the pole on the ground and tries to push or vault himself over the bar. If any part of his body brushes the bar, it falls off, and the man's jump is unsuccessful. Of course, a man can pole vault far higher than he can jump. I'm not sure of the exact figure but I can tell you the world's record, within an inch or so. If I am not mistaken, the world's record for the vault is fifteen feet, eight inches. It is held by a Dutch man by the name of Cornelius Wormerdam. By the way, I am fairly certain that he is a Catholic. In the history of pole vaulting there have been only a few men who ever jumped over fifteen feet. That is an amazing distance to jump when you figure that the world's record for the high jump that is, a jump without the aid of anything else but your own legs, is under seven feet. What makes the big difference between the pole vault and the high jump? Why, it's the pole itself that makes the main difference. Without a pole I feel absolutely safe in saying that no man will ever jump over eight feet, and yet ordinary young fellows in college using a pole can vault well over ten feet. Now let me apply that example to the life of your soul. Without special help from God, there are certain actions which your soul could never possibly do, there are certain heights which your soul could never possibly reach, even in a billion years, no matter how hard you tried. For example, you could never get to heaven, you could never see God, face to face, and enjoy his companionship, without a very special help. Who can tell me the name of that help? No, it's not prayer, but prayer will enable you to get that help from God no it's not holy communion although every time you receive holy communion worthily you receive more of that special help let me give you a hint it starts with a g just as an automobile needs g for gas to get it going so your soul needs something which starts with a g to get it going along the road to heaven well well everyone seems to have guessed it now yes the name of that special help which we must receive from god in order to get to heaven is grace who can tell me when we receive grace in our soul for the first time no we don't get it when our souls are made by god our first parents adam and eve got it though when their souls were made if they had remained faithful to god and hadn't been so proud that they disobeyed god's law you and i would have been born too with a higher life of grace in our soul incidentally we have another name for that higher life we call it the supernatural life because it is super it's far above our ordinary natural life But now we have to receive a sacrament first to get that higher life, and that sacrament is baptism. That is why, when you are baptized, you are said to be christened, because you become like Jesus Christ, who had that higher life in his soul from the very moment when his soul was made by God. In the history of the whole world, since the time of Adam and Eve, there has been only one human person whose soul had that higher life in it from the very moment when it was made by God. Who can tell me the name of that person? Yes, it was Mary, the Mother of Christ, our Blessed Mother. Who can tell me what we call Mary's most extraordinary privilege of having the higher life of grace in her soul from the very first moment of her existence? That's right, we call it her Immaculate Conception. Never forget the meaning of those two big words. They mean that Mary's soul was made without the slightest stain of sin upon it and with the higher life of grace in it. The Catholic Church considers this such a tremendous gift from God that every year on December 8th, every catholic who is seven years of age or over must attend mass and publicly thank god and honor mary for this wonderful privilege there are two kinds of grace one is called actual grace the other is known as sanctifying grace actual grace is the special help which god gives you to perform some particular act for example to tell the truth when you're tempted to lie or to obey your mother when you feel like disobeying her but you will say I don't see why it should take an extraordinary help to do something like that. As a matter of fact, it doesn't, but for that little act to merit a special reward from God, by means of which you draw closer to Him, then you must have the help of that grace. The other kind of grace, called sanctifying grace, is a special help and gift from God, by means of which your soul acquires the permanent ability to perform acts which lead you to God. We might compare actual and sanctifying grace in this way. Actual grace is like the push which an automobile gets when it is stuck. The push helps it to get going. Sanctifying grace is like the live battery in the engine of the car. It is the battery which ordinarily starts the car and keeps it running after it gets started. When the battery is dead, your car stops, even if it is a Cadillac. The battery of your soul can go dead too. As long as you do not commit a serious sin, the battery of your soul is alive and you keep moving along the road to heaven. You started on that road the moment your soul was baptized. As soon as you do something which is a serious sin, the battery of your soul goes dead. That's why we call a serious sin a mortal sin, because mortal means deadly, and serious sin brings death to the higher life of your soul. The supernatural life is destroyed, and only the natural life of the soul remains. When you die, your soul must have supernatural life in it, otherwise God will not admit it to heaven there are seven special ways by means of which we can receive god's help and by means of which we keep the battery of our soul charged with sanctifying grace or supernatural life everyone who claims to be a catholic should know the names of those seven special ways and they should know too exactly what each of them does for his soul those seven ways by which the helps which christ came for us by his death on the cross come into our soul are the seven sacraments if you have received your First Holy Communion and have been confirmed, and you aren't able to explain the meaning of each of the sacraments, believe me, you're going to have a mighty hard time trying to explain to our Lord why you didn't think more of his great gifts. Into section 25